Today is Tuesday, August 7th, and I hereby welcome you to the Tuesday Morning Esports Talk. I am DT and I'm the host of the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Today we will have a slightly shorter episode than you've been used to in the last few weeks because there's not really been that much going on in the last week. We have had IEM Shanghai, um, which we will definitely talk about in the next few minutes. Afterwards, I will have one or two news items that I will be talking about and I will give my two cents about but that's about it. So, we will get into the episode right away. Well, we will, we will be starting to talk about IAM Shanghai, which has concluded two days ago. So, let's get to it. And as you've been used to when you are... Uh, regular listener of this podcast we will go straight into the tournament we will recap uh, i am shanghai and we will obviously start with the winner of the tournament which was rng they had a very good showing in this tournament um it's really interesting to see how they how they could even improve throughout the tournament when as it as it as it progressed um because on they actually only lost one map and they lost it versus hellraisers and the first best of three which was the Winners match of their group. After they have been, they have won against Five Power. Um, yeah, they did very well there. Um, they they won this best of three. After losing the first map, they actually won the best of three. That kind of makes sense when I said they only considered one map. They played a very nice tournament in general. Um, Cirque had an, had insane performances, especially in the final. He went. Berserk, especially on Mirage on the last map when they where they decimated Tailu and they got him to a sixteen to two scoreline. Berserk uh, got twenty nine kills in like yeah, what does it make eighteen rounds? It's insane. One hundred forty eighty R, um, a, a rating of two point four three. Uh, yeah, it's just insane. Um, what 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 kind of performance he has been able to to provide for his team, um, especially in the in the whole tournament, actually, they did very, very well. It was Zerg, I think, who has the who's the the leader in all of all players in uh, rating. Yeah, I just uh, just looked it up. One point three four rating throughout the whole tournament, which is insane. Um, the whole but the whole team um did very well. Uh, Ethan is right behind there. Fogli is right behind there, and then there's then there's Ben Ted on place uh, on the fourth place uh, in the player player stats. Yeah. Um, one more thing, or two more things, actually. Uh, one more thing is that RNG has uh, has has an insane, insanely good showing on Overpass uh, throughout the whole tournament, and so Overpass is maybe a map um, that, yeah, teams should ban out against them, um, which they which they haven't caught up on, um, especially after the after the semi final performance. Then Tailu would have actually been expected to. Yeah, make sure that they won't be able to play overpass. But uh, if I remember correctly, Tailu chose to ban Dust 2. Um, no, they removed Nuke. RNG removed Dust 2. That's that's why I got mixed up in my head. Um, yeah, which uh, is of course a good uh, a, a standard ban for Tailu mostly, I believe. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I actually backtracked from my point. RNG um, is is a is a fossil record with an overpass. Um, I actually heard someone on the broadcast say that they are a top four team in the world on overpass. 
yeah, don't know if I would go that far, but yeah, they are definitely good on overpass. Um, but maybe there's 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 a little gap between the best teams in the world on overpass and them. But no, nevertheless, it's a it's a map that that is definitely um, very good for them. It worked out very well. Um, yeah, there's nothing much to say on them. And the last point um, that I actually wanted to make about RNG is that uh, it's very sad actually to not see them at the major um, because I've actually talked about this on the podcast as well. Um, and at the Americas minor, they yeah they weren't able to make it. They weren't able to advance uh, to the or through through the minor into the final, which would have uh, granted them a spot at the major in London at the face at major. Yeah, they weren't able to do that, and it it was actually the only tournament in the last few months that uh, where they weren't able to perform. And yeah, there's been a lot of uh, discussion about the qualification format for such majors uh, and a lot of criticism about it and with a with an example like rng you can actually get it and say and and say yeah maybe we should find another um another way to make to do this to, to make this happen to get the best teams actually in the world at that time to the major um teams that have been definitely deserving of it throughout the whole periods between the two majors so yeah but this is this is uh, this is actually not the topic of this conversation but yeah it makes sense when you think about it and it's it's a bad thing for rng now because they've been able to win i am shanghai they have had now great performances before the the minor and now after the minor as well before they are going to the player break and it's unlucky for them but yeah if you're the best team in america if you want to be the best team in america and you you have been actually one of the best three teams in America, and then you you of course see Cloud Nine, um, who is who is now there, who is actually yeah not really the best team in America right now, but Team Liquid is also there already, and you have other teams um, that are not in this minor process, and then you have a team like Rogue, uh, yeah, for example, and you can't really get past them, and you don't are not able to yeah to make sure that you get one of these two 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 spots which has actually been reserved for you in in theory thinking about it from uh, from going into the tournament yeah then it it's not like you don't deserve it because they actually do, do deserve it um in the whole scheme of things but if you can't perform there then yeah you have to i i'm i'm always a huge fan of getting players and teams to uh, look at themselves first and then not think about any formats or something like that from from a from a fan's perspective or from a from an outside perspective a perspective that that I don't know that I now can take in and I think of course yeah it's it's sad for RNG it's, it's it's another good thing that they are not there because they would deserve to be there they are in the top 24 teams in the world um so they should be there but they're not and it's actually yeah their fault that they're not there so yeah of course you could talk about formats and i've done that and many people before me have done that and they will continue to do that but um in the end it's their fault they didn't make it it's a sad thing that they didn't make it i'm just repeating myself here but yeah it, that's the way it is now maybe they can they can um uh yeah they can make sure that this doesn't sting as much because they have now won 
$125,000, but nevertheless, the next major is there, must be their goal. Um, in between the, the, the matches and in interviews, you have also heard the players, I think it was Ethan at the time, um, who said that they get comfortable um, after every match and after every offline experience, which makes sense if you're not really used to that and you have to get these reps under, under your belly and you make, yeah, then you, you lose the nervousness and it's, it's with everything in life, right? It's with me doing this podcast, it's with them playing, it's with, uh, I don't know, with anything in the, in the world. So um, it makes sense for them and if they can stick together, which I don't really see why they wouldn't, um, then they can definitely uh, get even better and, and better and better. And I think that we will then definitely see them at uh, Katowice at least at the major and they will be able to uh, play ECS, of course, and EPL uh, in the next few months. So we will definitely see more of them and it will be interesting to see how they can cope with that situation. Now, the runner-up of this tournament was uh, actually the team of Tai Lu. So they were the home crowd favorites. They were actually uh, supposed to make sure that uh, we have a China number one uh, winner at this uh, tournament, or this tournament is then actually actually uh, proves that uh, China's number one. But they weren't able to do that in the final, um, unfortunately for them. Unfortunately, of course, for the crowd. Uh, nevertheless, they have played a, also a very good tournament. Um, they've been able to beat Virtus Pro in the semifinals, which hasn't been easy and I would actually talk about that when I would talk about Virtus Pro in the next segment, or in the yeah, I guess in the next segment, um, or the next part. Nevertheless, they did really, really well. Um, even before the semifinals, they were actually the favorite to win the tournament. Um, while looking at the performances of all the teams, um, because they have played very good Counter Strike, uh, they have been, of course, been able to to ride the wave of the fans. Then when it came to to the arena. Um, they've been actually then playing at the venue, the Joy, I don't know, Joy-Con, something like that. I don't really remember the name. But uh, yeah, then they were able to feed off the crowd, obviously. Um, other than that, um, I, I'm me personally now, I'm, I'm, I'm exci- always excited to watch them play. I'm actually always excited to watch Ben Ted play because I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, for the reason that... Knowing that he's an in-game leader and he puts these guys on his back for yeah, I don't know how long. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Simple um, in that in that regard. Of course, not in the level, but uh, in his role. And obviously, uh, Simple isn't the the in-game leader of Navi, but you get the picture, I guess. Yeah, uh, carrying his team uh, more often than not, and um, making sure that. We, they, he gets the team as far as possible for himself. Um, yeah, and like I said, they were able to take Virtus Pro down in two double overtime maps. Uh, but nevertheless, they were able to do that. In the final, obviously, they had a very good uh, CT side on overpass, which uh, was quite interesting to see. Um, when thinking about RNG, who has have been very dominant on overpass before that, um, and I actually talked about that a few minutes ago. But on their T side, they look, look completely lost. They weren't able to get a get a footing um, on the map. They weren't able to build an economy. 
they were reset after winning the the one round that they have been uh, able to win. So RNG kind of ran through them, um, especially because they couldn't touch Zerg and he they couldn't get the AWP out of out of his hands, which then of course helped RNG's uh, economy tremendously. And this was actually then the beginning of the end. Um, I don't know what then happened to them afterwards. Then they because after overpass it was Mirage and this was their pick their pick and they have been actually able to yeah look good on over uh, on Mirage, um, but they weren't then able to replicate that performance versus RNG. And then they lost 16-2, to two, obviously, um, which kind of is known, I guess. Uh, yeah, and this was, I don't know, I actually talked about that before. Zerg's uh, incredible performance on Mirage, of course, was uh, played, played a huge role in that. But uh, yeah, losing 16-2 to two is always always tough, especially on your own map pick. Um, but I think they can be proud of themselves. Um, they were able to, I don't, like I said, beat Virtus Pro. Um, get to go toe to toe with uh, the European teams or the the Western teams in that in that regard, European European of course uh, versus Pro and uh, Western teams or so North American teams on NRG. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything much to say about this. Um, Shanghai, of course, so uh, they they played at home. It was quite. Quite good for them to play there. It was a, I think it was a great experience for them, and they can de definitely build upon that. Um, maybe take a look at their mistakes. Make sure what internally didn't work um, after the CT half on overpass. Maybe I guess yeah, they weren't really able, weren't really well, well equipped enough to to uh, beat RNG. Then on their T on the T half, they only got one one round in that uh, in that time frame. But uh, yeah, the second map, Mirage, then was a complete, yeah, I don't know, screw up. And I don't think that this is actually anything gameplay related. Or, of course, sometimes it is. And when you, when you play uh, against a team that is in a very good form, um, like RNG was. But um, yeah, maybe they can analyze these internal things that don't really have anything to do with the gameplay. And they can grow stronger from that. And I hope they can do that. I think they can do that. They've been able to show that they uh, are improving regularly. So they don't really stand still for a long period of time. And I think that uh, Taidu will come back from that even stronger. And I actually don't know what what will be their scheduled next tournament. But um, uh, maybe can I can look that up. Can I look that up? Ah, they're at the Zoltec Cup uh, Masters Grand Finals um, in just yeah two and a half weeks time. So there will be other uh, Western teams, of course. So MIBR will be there, Optic will be there. Virtus Pro is also invited for that tournament. So yeah, um, another another uh, tournament on home soil, so to speak, which is well, because it will be in Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, it's only two weeks away, so we will be able to see if they can actually make a difference in that two weeks already, or um, how they will be able to to shake that off. Um, of course, we will also see them um, at DreamX Stockholm and then, of course, in the um, Challenger stage of the Faced Major. So, a lot of uh, things are going on for them in the next uh, few, four, three or four months, uh, three or four weeks, of course.
Next up, I will be talking about Virtus Pro, and their yeah, as I said before, um, they lost against Tailu in the semifinals um, of the tournament in the best of three. And yeah, I also alluded to that before. Uh, it has been in a double overtime in two of the three maps. So on train, that was actually VP's uh, own pick. Um, they went uh, 20 to 22. And uh, on the deciding map uh, cage, they went 18 to 22. So twice double overtime. And when you lose a double overtime, or when you lose an overtime on one map, you, yeah, it can be quite frustra frustrating because, yeah, when you lose one map, when you lose a round and you have a, you have um, um, 10k starting uh, cash, for example, like it was in this tournament, and um, yeah, you have you kind of, I don't know, you lose you lose a, you lose an unlucky round, or you have a, you have you make one small mistake, for example, on train, um, there was this missed Molotov in I believe the I don't know. 42nd round or 41st round no or 40 40th round i don't know but quite late in in double in, in the second overtime already um there was this missed Molotov by Biali when i remember correctly uh yeah which then uh kind of screwed up the the t uh, bomb defense pros post plant defense um defending the bomb and they kind of screwed it up uh, by doing by missing that Molotov and like th this probably lost them the round. So you lose that round and you think, ah, oh, that that's that's heartbreaking because if we had just not missed that Molotov, which is actually in in the grand grand scheme of things quite easy, quite easy Molotov to hit, then we would have won that round and then maybe we would have gone into the next overtime and yada yada yada, or even won the round after that as well. Blah blah blah. Then you, uh, it's quite frustrating. And um, then when you think about, okay, we go into double overtime, so there's not really that much between us uh, as two teams. And then you, do, then you do that on two separate maps in, two separate, in, the, in the same best of three. And you lose both of them. And that makes you lose the, lose the series and you're eliminated from the tournament. That must be massively frustrating, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Because... On Tyloo's map pick, Inferno, they went uh, 16 to 9. They had a great CT side and then were able to close it out. And yeah, they weren't able to, I don't know, uh, make do the same on uh, on either train or cache. So in the end, they lost that series. Um, like I said, quite frustrating. But it happens. Um, but you can't, but you can't, what, what I actually want to say is that you can't really say that Tyloo was yet, was now. Uh, massively better than them. In the end, they were, I think, but that's debatable. I, be I believe um, many many things like that are debatable. Are debatable, but um, they were the deserving winners. I, like I said, I believe doesn't have to be the case. Doesn't have to be true, but um, it was quite close. And I think that this is uh, something that we all can agree on, or most of the people can agree on. And that's actually a good sign for, for VP because now it's only Tailu in, uh, in uh, parentheses maybe, but they were able to show that they can play as a team now with the Stan and Morels and they've actually uh, now in between uh, the, the series, they have si signed Snatchy uh, for, yeah, for the team from, um, from Ago Esports. 
uh, from the other Polish team. Or the yeah the second tier Polish team in theory, of course they should be the second tier Polish team, but uh, more often than not they have been better than Virtus Pro in the last few months, I guess. Um, but Snatch is is a definitely a good pickup, and although Morels played okay uh, throughout the tournament, I think uh, Snatch is a is a huge upgrade, of course, and he's an Orpa, so Pasha although Pasha's Played, played also very well at this tournament, um, will be able to be, I don't know, maybe a secondary opera or mostly a rifle, of course. And um, and I think that it's it's still a good sign for them. But, of course, uh, which, I, which I actually uh, talked about a few weeks ago, I guess, or maybe even uh, longer than that, uh, last time Virtus Pro had a good performance. It was also in Shanghai, and... Uh, I don't know, it seems to be a good place for them because at the uh, CSGO Asia, Asia Championships they've actually beaten Tailu uh, twice in two best of threes, two separate best of threes. Then, then they lost in the final against Na'Vi which also has been a, a tournament where most of the people may have thought that this is the, turn, this is the, the turnaround for, for VP. Um, this was actually uh, with snacks still. So uh, there was actually... Yeah, the one one of the one of the older iterations of the lineup. Of course, after um, after Taz left the lineup, but still, um, it was with Snacks, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah, everyone was then actually thinking about: Ah, is this the VP of of the old times? Uh, are they able to turn it around? And then they weren't really able to do that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I am Shanghai is now the perfect uh, timing for them to yeah actually turn it around. But um, yeah, like I also, also mentioned with Tailu, they will be at the Zotek Cup uh, Masters in the, at the Grand Finals. Um, I actually mentioned that a few man- minutes ago already. And um, yeah, it will be um, their time to actually uh, manifest their new position, or they not 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 really their new position, but their new trend to go go further up the rankings again. Um, make sure that we will see them more often at places that we are used to seeing them instead of them losing ESEA, uh, I don't know, MDL matches all the time against not even semi-pros. So, yeah, maybe this is something that they can build up upon uh, or or build upon uh, for real now. And uh, with Snatchy, of course, um, they will be able to, to make it actually... Uh, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought here, but with Snatchy they will improve. That's what actually what I want to say. When I, I think I think they they will definitely improve. I think Morales was statistically the worst player for this pro at this tournament, or at least the second uh, worst player. So with a guy like Snatchy who's actually had great performances in the last few months as well, um, who has been the the front runner actually or the, at the forefront of of Argo's success. Um, with Snatchy, they will be able to kind of get new blood into the lineup, which has been definitely lacking. Maybe a little bit of more ambition. Um, there have actually been talks about a VP now regularly training. Uh, I don't know four or five uh, maps uh, a day, which is not really that that much. I, th- I actually think I heard it in the in the in the broadcast of I Am Shanghai. Um, but it's still it's a beginning, and it's. 
it maybe shows uh, that they are motivated again to actually earn their contracts and earn their money and get into other positions and into, into positions that the fans actually want him to see and want him to be in. So, uh, yeah, like I said, two and a half ma- weeks ago, they have, to, have a new chance to, to prove themselves and we will have to see and wait and see uh, how they will be able to perform at that tournament. Now some closing thoughts about both Hellraisers and Gambit. And maybe I'll start with, with Hellraisers. Uh, they had to play with the stand-in, of course. Uh, Fates uh, was there as a stand-in, who is obviously not, not the player that Woxic is, but Woxic had uh, health issues. And I think with taking that under consideration, I think they did okay. Um, they, yeah, when, when, you, when you lack a player and when you have to play with a stand-in, it's always a not-so-ideal situation. So you have to get get uh, him back into the with Fates. Some of course he has been in the lineup before, so maybe with him it's like getting him back into the groove. But uh, it's also an inconvenience. So it's always it always makes sense if the team doesn't perform as well as they would have with their real lineup, obviously. Um, but nevertheless, in their group they were with NRG and with uh, Virtus Pro. Which is unlucky, in my opinion, because when you look at when you look at Group B and then you look at Gambit, um, who has been who has been second in the second place um, in that group, and they actually went there by losing versus Dreamscape in, in the best of one, then of course beating Greyhound in the best of three and then beating Dreamscape in the best of three again, kind of similar to versus Pro in that aspect, but yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's not Virtus Pro and it's not Hellraisers, but it's Dreamscape and it's Greyhound, and Gambit actually lost to them. Um, yeah, I think that Dreamscape is a, is not the team that Hellraisers is. So maybe one could make the point that Hellraisers would have been also able to beat Gambit in the group in a decider match or whatever the case may be. So they would have been able to advance if they had been in another group. That's, of course, speculation and uh, can't really focus on that. But when talking about Gambit, who came into the semifinal, and with when talking about Hellraisers, who went out in the group stage, is only like a small... Uh, could, could be a, mi- a minor difference in, in performances or could even be the case that the team that went out in group stage was actually better performing than the team that went into the semifinals. Then it, it has to be considered, I think. And maybe I'm right about this, maybe I'm wrong about this, like, no, no one will ever know, because we can turn back time or, I don't know, get, get, into, uh, get into the simulation and uh, put some other things in there. But yeah, that's, that's actually everything I wanted to say, because especially when looking at Gambit's performance, um, of course, with the Streamscape, they did, they did okay, they did well. They um, were beat them then rather convincingly on, in the best of three, uh, in, with the 2-0. Two, and especially Adren and Mir um, were able to put the screws to them, so, so to say. But other than that, I don't know. I'm not really really that convinced um, by them because, yeah, they should be able to do that regularly. And when losing against Dreamscape in the best of one uh, at the beginning of the tournament, of course, you can always lose the best of one. But, yeah, maybe you should, I don't know, maybe you should... Uh, if you if you perform like that, then you must be able to take the take or accept the take that someone says 
yeah, if Hellraisers would have been in your group, then you wouldn't have made it out. But like I said, no one will ever be able to to uh, prove that or actually discuss that in a in a realistic fashion. And I don't think that Gambit has to, has to accept anything from me because I'm pretty sure they won't listen to this podcast, uh, or maybe they will, and then they will write me uh, <laughs> write me something. But other than that, yeah, uh, I guess that they can be happy with their semi-final performance. They will have to improve rather quickly, or I don't know, maybe take the player break as something in order to I don't know improve to to uh, make sure that they will be competitive in Stockholm and uh, at the uh, challenger stage where they will be as well. So yeah, they have a few weeks now, and maybe they they will uh, then make me eat my words, but. Yeah, that's that's everything we can say at up at up at, up until this point, and uh, they can now take this semi semi final placement and uh, be happy with it. Of course, they should be, and they they hope hopefully are. Um, and they took took home some money, I guess twenty twenty two k a thousand dollars or twenty two thousand dollars. So good for them, and uh, yeah, we will see them at uh, at Stockholm in in a few in I guess three weeks time we will see them and then we will uh, be able to evaluate their performance there and see if if they improved or if they didn't now away from IEM Shanghai I will be able to talk about some news items and it will, I will actually only talk about one um, now that I've also mentioned that Snatchy is signed by Virtus Pro which would have been one of the of the news items that I would have talked about if I hadn't talked about it during the Virtus Pro segment, um, I would actually now talk about the unveiling of the new coach of uh, Made in Brazil. Because on whew, good question on Wednesday, they came out with an announcement that uh, Janko Paunovic, the uh, YNK, uh, the CSGO analyst at yeah various uh, CSGO broadcasts and events uh, throughout the whole calendar. Um, is now their new coach, their new head coach, um, and MBR hasn't hasn't had a head coach or the the lineup would, who has been which has been at SK, of course before. Um, they haven't had a head coach in over two years. Uh, the last head coach was Zeus, who is now at Liquid, and who was actually before the announcement uh, came out, has actually said that he would stay with Liquid and he didn't want to uh, go back to the. MIBR uh, core or their lineup and um, yeah now they they talk to YNK and of course now he is their head coach um, I actually read read an interview with Fallen afterwards uh, on HLTV and he said that their options were Zeus of course uh, they thought about that but he wasn't able, he wasn't available and they then actually thought about Peacemaker who was a Brazilian who, who has been who has been who has been the coach course uh, and has been a 1.6 legend of uh, brazil and yeah they actually then decided to go with ynk and i think it's a bold move for both parties involved i don't think it's a bad move because i'm not really equipped enough to evaluate that um i not that this would actually take me away from making taking i don't know making making my opinions heard uh, anyway but um, I'm not. I don't really think that I'm. I could 
reliably make up my mind about this right now. Um, not 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 as in the case with Stewie uh, making the move, which I thought at the time was not a good move for him or for them. Um, and yeah, I think I'm. I I I personally would actually say that I'm still right about this, but um, the organization and the player himself uh, would disagree with me, and then I would actually have to concede that point, of course. Uh, and I'm fully aware of that. Now. Getting back to the coach talk, um, for MIBR it's interesting because, yeah, there's not really a valid reason for him to make that move or for, for them to sign him because other than, other than the fact that he's really good, which then should be the case, of course, if they sign him without any other reason. Um, now, diluting the brand, I'm made in Brazil, but I think that this has been... Uh, stated before that when Stewie and Tarek, uh, especially when Tarek then joined, um, there's not really that much emphasis on making the organization fully Brazilian. And I don't think it really needs to be the case uh, because you have the core of Fallen, of course, of course, everyone of Fur. And as long as these guys are there or, yeah, uh, a similar core is there, I don't think that the Brazilians or the Brazilian fans would actually mind that much. Of course, some will, and that's all, that always will be the case. And I think that even some f people from outside of Brazil would actually uh, look at them in a similar, in a certain way that would diminish their character in their eyes. Uh, but yeah, you will always have these 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 type of types of uh, guys around in the community and in fan bases around the world. Um, so I think that they um, made this choice because they think he's a good coach, uh, which of course should be the the main requirement of signing a coach. Um, and yeah, so someone who hasn't really had that much coaching experience is always a risk when you sign him for a job that is that important because. There's a lot of pressure in that, and it's something that we also know from traditional sports. And I think this this um, this comparison is quite valid in this case because you can also you can always sign a, a fresh guy that's there's now recently a head coach or who now has actually hasn't been a head coach before at all, and then he gets the position at yeah a major team in I don't know. When we're talking about football. I don't know. There's um, in in Germany we have uh, we have Julian Nagelsmann who has been a coach at Hoffenheim with in being 28 years of age, uh, not really having that much performance in the youth uh, coaching system. Of course, some, but not really that major uh, coaching experience, and especially not in the on the big stages. And they imp implemented him at, at Hoffenheim, and yeah, it worked out for them. So. But there's this risk of not working out, of course, right? And when you don't really have that much experience, especially with the, with older guys in that in that case, players that are older than the coach himself and have more experience in in the in the world of football, and maybe think that they have accomplished more or definitely have accomplished more, and then therefore not really respecting the guy. I don't know. This this these these are always. Uh, difficulties when thinking about giving the position to a guy like that 
And I don't really think that they will be disrespectful of uh, YNK, but maybe they will have some some problems with that as well. And now for, for YNK himself, uh, he had a great position in the analyst, at the analyst desks around the world. Like I already mentioned before, he has been at most of the uh, events as an analyst and he's he's beloved by the community, which you could actually um, see by the reactions that many of the people had in comments or, I don't know, at Reddit um, or on other sites or on Twitter, where you can actually see that the guys, uh, the, the, the community has actually liked him very much as an analyst. Um, and now giving that up to go into a position, uh, being a head coach, I don't know, uh, lose uh, or, I don't know, leaving the the secure place that an analyst has and going to the head coach position, which is much more volatile um, because which we, this is something that we also know from traditional sports. If you don't really get good results, then your position is the most vulnerable in the whole team. Maybe this is something that is not really that uh, pre- prevalent in esports because uh, we are actually uh, quite ready to get rid of players if we don't think that they perform that well. Um, but we wouldn't get rid of whole teams just to keep the coach. So this is something that, of course, is even less so in, in traditional sports, but also in esports, that's not really something that happens too often. Um, yeah, and therefore it's also it's also risk for him. But I commend the move for, from his aspect, of course, and I really like that he seeks that challenge. I think, of course, there's there may be other incentives for him, um, which I'm not really sure about, that... Could be the case, could not be the case, but um, I think this this adrenaline of of getting a team to to these stages and um, being competitive again is something that's invaluable for some people. And I think Wang K is is a character like that, and um, I can only commend him for it. I really like the decision, and I I actually enjoy um, the decision from MIBR's part as well. Also, although I kind of uh, criticized it or, or only talked about things that could be could be a critique of the of the whole thing but um, giving him a chance is great him taking the chance is great and I really look forward to what these two uh, entities now can can come up with together in order to uh, improve MIBR which definitely is needed in my opinion they uh can't can't be uh, performing the way that they did in the last few months and yeah um will be interesting to see how they will how they will develop as as a as a unit because um it's not only about the team it's not only about the coach it's about the unit of of coach and team and maybe seeing influences of YNK um when you maybe if if you take the time to compare the things that he said on an analyst desk and he also uh, often broke down rounds, which has been incredibly interesting, in my opinion, most of the time when he did it, um, because you can really see it from a different perspective that you maybe wouldn't have thought of yourself, especially not when you're looking at it live. Um, yeah, so uh, long. Uh, this, this has been a long rant now to basically say I really like it and I really like the move and I'm looking forward to what these two... Uh, at the team and the coach can do in the future. Um, Zoltec Cup Masters uh, in Hong Kong is, of course, around the corner. I've actually mentioned the tournament 
two or three times now. And this is then the next stop for MRBR as well. And we will be able to see how they will, if, if there's actually been a change, a measurable change from looking at them before and after. And I will be, I will definitely be watching and um, looking at how, how the team has developed in these two or three weeks now. And with that, we arrived at the end of this week's episode. I didn't actually think I would talk about the stuff that I have been talking about now for 40 minutes straight, but yeah, it's still quite not an hour, so I didn't completely lie in the introduction. Nevertheless, you know the drill by now. If you have any questions, suggestions, or other remarks, please let me know on social media. As always, all the important links are in the show notes of this episode. If you want to voice your opinion about this podcast, I would really appreciate a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this right now. Any kind of feedback is highly appreciated. Finally, thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you guys in two weeks, actually. I would skip next week's episode because the players deserve a player break, and I guess I deserve a, I deserve a break as well. Just kidding. I'm, uh, I'm in, on vacation starting from two, oh, tomorrow, actually, when you're listening to this, and um, I won't be back for, I'll be back in time to record another episode next week. Um, I'm not really concerned about that because I think that there will not be a lot happening in that time frame, and I'm pretty sure that now I've that now that I've said that um, there will be. So uh, yeah, um, I would be interested. Uh, you can you can be interested together with me um, what I will be talking about in two weeks uh, because yeah, there won't be any any tournaments going on. But uh, yeah. What what would be CS:GO scene without some controversy uh, to keep us keep us connected to the scene in the meantime? So, like I said, I will be back in two weeks. I will skip one episode next week, just so you know. And then, yeah, I will catch you guys in two weeks when I'm back. See ya.